My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. About 20 years ago, I read a book that changed everything about how I think about God and mercy and forgiveness. Written by Father Robert Farrar Capon, The Mystery of Christ and Why We Don't Get It, that's the title. The Mystery of Christ and Why We Don't Get It is a book that emphasizes the radical mercy and love of God. Through stories of encounters with his parishioners who feel hopeless because caught in the grip of addiction or terribly hurt by a betrayal, their own of another or their own by another, or trapped in the belief that somehow they will never be good enough for God, Father Capon bre breaks open the message of the gospel to show that we all are recipients of God's grace. All can be forgiven and healed. No one is on the outside of God's love unless they insist on being so. Father Capon declares that there is nothing we must do to earn love or forgiveness or salvation. All is a free gift from God through Christ. This book was a revelation to me, and I was eager to share its good news with all I met. I was shocked to find, however, that others didn't always find this news to be, well, good. People pushed me. What about people who have done really, really terrible things? Insert your favorite terrible thing here. Surely God can't forgive them, right? Nope, I'd say God can forgive whatever God wants. Don't we have to be good? Surely we must have to do something to earn eternal reward. No, again, I'd say we cannot save ourselves. We have to trust in God's love and mercy. Turns out people hate this idea and I don't necessarily blame them. I get it, I do. After all, we live in a culture whose abiding motto might be that we should pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Or perhaps even, God helps those who help themselves, which by the way, is not in the Bible. Even when life is hard, we prefer to believe that we're the ones in charge. There's something about us that just does not want to allow God to love and forgive us completely, and certainly not others. We'd prefer a version of justice that's more like our own justice. On the other hand, Few of us love the ultra-judgmental version of Christianity. In fact, we know that one of the primary reasons so many people now reject Christianity is because they believe it to be only judgmental, discriminatory, anti-woman, homophobic, and mean. So we don't want a too loving God, but we don't want a mean God either. So what do we want from our faith? 
from God. Well, it turns out that this desire for a nice God, but not too nice, is nothing new. Jesus himself is grappling with the problem in today's gospel, which comes at the end of a long discourse in which Jesus commissions his disciples. He's explained all that is being asked of them, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, take nothing for the journey, take up your cross, and don't be afraid. A tall order. But Jesus soon realizes that other than the 12, the people in general don't seem to get it, and he's fed up. You've been like children, he says, children who want God to dance to their tune. They weren't happy with John the Baptist, who was too strict, nor were they happy with Jesus, who's too lenient, eating and drinking as he does with tax collectors and sinners. John the Baptist's version of faith in God is too hard. Jesus' version is too easy. Just like us, they want what they want, a God, a faith that is just right. And of course, just right usually means just like me. Not surprisingly, Jesus isn't having it. Instead, he says that only those who are like children understand him and the Father, for the wise and the intelligent just don't get the message of what it means to be a disciple of a loving and merciful God. So Jesus tries again. He invites those listening, he invites us with this direct appeal. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first sentence is like a bomb, isn't it? Come to me, all you that are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. But then Jesus invites us to take on his yoke. Now those of us raised in the church have heard this so often that we hardly even notice it, but really, be honest, who wants to take on a yoke? A yoke is a piece of wood usually placed upon beasts of burden oxen and horses and donkeys so that they might pull a plow or cart so that they might do difficult, heavy work. How is that restful or easy or light? You might think that Jesus is trying to pull a fast one over on us. We might think that we'd rather be free free to choose what we want to do and when, free from difficulties and burdens, just as we would like to choose a faith, a God who is just right, just like us, we would like to choose whether or not we will take on a yoke. But here's the thing. There is no such thing as a burden-free life. None of us is yoke-free. 
we're all under a yoke of some sort. In his letter to the Romans, St. Paul argues that we are all under the yoke of sin, the yoke that steers us to do the wrong even though we can see the right. You might be under a yoke of anxiety, worried about someone in your family, worried about your own health, or maybe you're under a yoke of debt, unsure of how you can run your own life when money is always short. Perhaps it's a yoke of addiction that steers you over and over again in the wrong direction. We like to believe that we are free, yokeless, that we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, but that's like trying to save yourself from drowning by pulling yourself out of the water by your own hair. It just doesn't work. When we're under an oppressive yoke, the answer isn't to free ourselves. The answer is to allow the one who can save us to put us in a different yoke. If we want to follow Jesus, we don't do it through sheer effort and gritted teeth and determination, being as good as we possibly can. Rather, we get into his yoke, a yoke that Jesus shares with us. For the way that yokes work is by working in pairs. The way a good farmer creates a yoke is by fitting it to a particular animal so that it is comfortable, doesn't rub in any way or the wrong places, so that a burden that would be otherwise overwhelming can now be pulled comfortably. Following Jesus, being a disciple, doesn't mean that there is no work to do. We know it will be difficult. Jesus asks us to follow him in doing difficult things, forgiving others 70 times seven times, loving our enemy, feeding the hungry, visiting the sick and the imprisoned, forgetting ourselves so that we might focus on God and neighbor. The only way to do that is by taking on the easy yoke Jesus offers, a yoke that he shares. God does not remove all the difficulties and burdens, the sorrows and the disappointments in our lives, but what Jesus tells us is that we don't have to pull our burdens alone. Following Jesus means walking beside him, not taking over, not saving ourselves. This might not be exactly how we want it. We might rather be in charge of it all, or we might rather be left alone without any expectations. But that's not the God, and it's not the faith that we have. Instead, we have a God who gets into the yoke with us, who walks alongside us, pulling our burdens with us, forgiving us when we stumble, loving us when we fail, staying in yoke with us, pulling the weight when it is too hard for us to bear.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.